The Productive Woman, Episode 80. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm really excited in this episode to share with you my conversation with editor, mom, and podcaster, Emily Prokop, who shared her thoughts on staying focused and managing a very busy life. You'll find information about Emily and links to the tools she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 80. This episode is brought to you by Nosby, the productivity tool that's designed to help you simply get things done. The Productive Woman listeners can get a free 30-day trial of Nosby's Pro Edition by visiting nosby.com slash woman. And you've heard me talk about this tool for a long time, even before they became a sponsor. It's a project manager, task management tool that I use every day in my law practice to get the things done I need to. It's used by more than 300,000 busy people and effective teams from all around the world to get their stuff done. One of the things I like about it is that it's available on just pretty much any device you want to use. It's got both a desktop and a mobile web app, but they also offer native apps for Mac, Windows, Linux, Android, the iPad and iPhone, even the Apple Watch. It's a truly mobile solution, which allows you to get stuff done no matter where you are. If you're at your desk, on your computer, or on the go with your tablet or smartphone, and everything syncs securely and quickly. And I I love that about it. To make the productivity system even more robust, it integrates with a number of other services. So for instance, you can easily attach to a Nosby task a note from Evernote or a file from Dropbox or Box or Google Drive. So you have everything you need to complete a task right there. One of the things I haven't talked about before is that they have developed this ability. They have an ability to create templates for recurring projects. So you can quickly have the full list of tasks for whatever the project might be. So maybe you travel frequently, you have to go on business trips, you can create a template for a travel preparation project that you can easily just click on and create a new project for each trip that includes all the steps you need to get ready for your trip, such as researching your hotels, booking your flights, arranging for pet care, and a rental car, packing, whatever those things are. So you can create these templates. And on top of that, they have a special site, nosby.how, where users can share project templates they've created. And that's just a neat way of sort of crowdsourcing ideas for getting organized. So some of the templates I found there that look really interesting are a project for creating a family budget. And it's just got all the step-by-step tasks to do that. A job search project and one called Eight Steps to Non-Toxic Meetings. So just kind of a, you know, it's a great tool there at nosby.how where people can share the projects they've created. Nosby's all about collaboration. And that's just, you know, nosby.how is just one of the ways that that's evidenced. They make it very easy to share projects with anybody with an email address and delegate tasks to, say, colleagues or your your spouse. 
They're so committed to collaboration that every Nosby Pro user gets a second account for their partner included free. So I love it. I use it literally every day, all day, uh, and I recommend it highly. And so I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor of the show. To set up your 30-day free Nosby Pro trial, you just simply go to nosby.com slash woman. And Nosby is N-O-Z-B-E dot com slash woman. 30 days to try it out, see what you think. If you decide to stick with it after the 30-day trial expires, just use the coupon code WOMAN to save 10% on your subscription price. I think you're going to love it. So give it a try. And thank you to Nosby for supporting the productive woman. And now let's get right into my conversation with Emily. I'm really pleased to introduce Emily Prokop to the Productive Woman listeners. Emily and I met online through our shared interest in podcasting, and we've gotten to know each other a little bit over over the last few months. In addition to being co-host of her own podcast, Emily also helps me put together the show notes for the Productive Woman. And the more I've gotten to know her, the more I've thought I really wanted you all to hear from her. So I've been looking forward to talking with her and introducing her to you. And so welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on the other side of the podcast rather than just listening to it and writing show notes. Yeah, well, it's, you know, the, as we've traded messages back and forth in Slack and, uh, you know, I've gotten to know a little bit about you. I just thought, you know, she's somebody that listeners, I think, could relate to and, and maybe enjoy hearing from. So, so let's talk. We have a couple of things to talk about, but Maybe you could start by giving us a little context and telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm actually a full-time editor at a publishing company that makes crossword puzzles and word-seek books. I'm also a mom and a wife, and I have my podcast, which is like another child to me. <laughs> Isn't it true how how they kind of become that for us? Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a lot on your plate. Mm-hmm. Every person's life is a little different and presents different challenges as far as staying productive and, and getting the things done that really matter to them. And so given the various things that you've got on your plate, can you tell us just briefly what, what a typical day might be like for you if there is such a thing as a, a typical day? And it's funny because I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and everybody pretty much says the same thing where, well, there is no typical day. <laughs> and it's the same for me. I mean, my job involves a lot of long-term projects. And I went from a career in newspapers where every night was a new deadline. Mm. So it was easier to have a typical day there. But now that I'm more in book production, a single book can take up to eight months from start to finish. So my days have gone from pretty much predictable to juggling something like eight to 12 books at any given time. So a work week for me can consist of days of a lot of little projects or having to focus for a few days on just one big project like proofreading or editing or putting together a book. But I'll take Monday as an example of probably my most productive day. On Monday, we send a report, which is called a WIP. WIP. It stands for works in progress. And I send that to my supervisor and everyone on my team. 
And because this is mandatory, it actually helps me stay productive and organized and gives me the status of where all the books are that I'm working on. And it'll also include future issues. So I have that. I can look at that and I can look at what I'm working on. And if a book is in a different department, I know the status of that as well. And after I send this, I have a good idea of my priorities for the week. So then I print out my, what I call my weekly docket worksheet that I made. And it's more for me, not really for my boss or anybody else to look at. And on top, it has a weekly calendar so I can visualize my week. And I put down, you know, I have to do this on Monday and I have an appointment here and I have to pick my daughter up on Saturday and do this. And it has other to-do lists like the must for my week. I have a few musts at the top and other to-do lists around the house like chores and laundry and dishes and then a spot for podcast things and a spot for work projects and then a shopping list. And I fill that out on Mondays and kind of fold it up and keep it in my purse for the rest of the week. And just having that as kind of a visual, I often don't need to go back and look at it because I've already written everything down. But as soon as I write that out on Monday, it keeps me productive throughout the rest of the week to get those projects done. It sounds like a really a useful tool. I mean, in our digital age, to have that one piece of paper that, that you can look and at a glance see your whole week. Yeah. And like I said, as soon as I write something down, it's almost stuck in my head. I don't really have to look at it again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've tried the digital apps and calendars and it's just a matter of sitting down and I think any one of those can work for you as mm-hmm. long as you take the time to sit down and use it and put everything into it that you need to. Yeah, I, I think that's true. It, you know, I, I have a lot of different people ask me, so what's the best uh, you know, task manager, the best system for, for managing my projects and stuff. And, you know, to me, the answer is the best one's the one that you'll use and whatever form that takes. Um, and it sounds to me like you found a system that really works for you. I, I like that idea of having that kind of one page, uh, the week at a glance sort of thing with, with everything there. And sometimes even though I'm very much a digital girl, I do that. I don't have a form that I do, but I, when I things have gotten kind of crazy, I will just get out a piece of paper and just write everything down just on that one piece of paper and put everything else away and have that on the desk in front of me. So Absolutely. And even having margin space, I realized mm-hmm. that was important for me because I like to doodle. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> sometimes I'll just be staring at my to-do list and just doodling in the corners, being like, Nope, this is kind of what my mind needs to be doing right now is just staring at this to-do list and also focusing on doodling in the corner to let my mind wander a bit. Yeah, very much so. So with all these various things that you've got going on and you've got a full-time job, you've got a podcast that's kind of taken off and getting kind of successful and that takes some of your time, you've got a husband, you've got a child, what would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life and being productive in the sense that I know you listen to the show. So you know that when I'm talking about being productive, I'm not necessarily talking about getting the most stuff checked off your list, but creating that life that you want. What are the challenges maybe that you face? I think this is a universal challenge of just having too many ideas and feeling like I don't have enough time in the day to do them all. 
And I say time in the day, as in, as soon as I come up with an idea, I want to do it right then and there. (laughs) I want to put everything else aside. and I just want to do that one idea. And on top of having my weekly docket, I'll throw some ideas on there. But then I also find myself reaching for little sticky notes during the day and writing these tiny little lists that might not even make sense to me three hours later because it'll just say some random words that I'm like, oh, I'll remember what this means. And then I stick it to the back of my phone so that I can look at it later when I'm at home. And I'm like, what What, what was I talking about? (laughs) And that actually goes along with one of my other challenges. I found out a few months ago that I have ADHD and I had been seeing a therapist for general anxiety disorder for more than a year. And one thing that kept coming up in sessions was how hard it was for me to stay focused on just one thing. Mm. And he ended up giving me an assessment and asking me questions such as, do you forget things easily? Do you misplace things often? Do you have trouble sticking to routines and trouble? Or do you find yourself multitasking and not actually getting anything accomplished? Which is funny because that's a theme in productivity that I think I started hearing from you was if you're trying to multitask, you're not actually doing anything 100%. And that that's spot on for me. Absolutely. Mm. So when I was answering these questions from him with, yeah, frequently, isn't that everybody? He started working with me on techniques for managing ADHD rather than just anxiety, which turned out was more of a symptom of ADHD. Mm. So once he started working with me on that, the anxiety started to go away. And now I've become more aware of what not necessarily triggers the ADHD, but what I do and what I've done to try to cope with it naturally that I wasn't, I didn't realize I was doing. So things like if I got a new planner or I got a new app, I would take maybe three days to learn how to use it to try to be more productive, just to get sick of it after two weeks and say, you know what, this isn't really worth my time. And then I've lost those two weeks. So so I think just for everybody to find a system that works for them is the best advice. Yeah. And, and so finding out that you're now an adult with a career and a family and all of this, were you surprised to be told that you have ADHD? It was one of those things where the stigma of it, growing up, it was just ADD and you saw these kids who couldn't sit still. And I found out from my doctor, it's more easily in general diagnosed with boys because Mm -hmm. they're the ones who show the age part of it, the hyperactivity part of it, whereas women actually internalize it more. So they may not have the attention span, but you might not notice it because they're too busy internalizing it. And things like doodling on tests and papers that I would do was actually my way of coping with it, with getting the right side of my brain doing something while the left side of my brain was learning. Mm. And I didn't realize that until my doctor said, yep, (laughs) yeah, it's not really, it's not like, adult onset ADHD. It's something that you've probably had your whole life, but we're becoming more aware of symptoms like that now. 
Yeah, because you really, and this maybe shows my lack of education about this, but my association or when people talk about ADD or ADHD, I think mostly of, as you were saying, young boys who can't sit still and who are, you know, can't pay attention and are getting in trouble all the time for running around. And, you know, there's a separate issue for me having homeschooled my older kids and kind of done a lot of studying about learning styles and stuff. There's a part of me that wants to say, I really don't think all little boys are, are ADHD. I think they're just boys. And when you expect them to sit in the desk, you know, or sit at a table for hours at a time, you're asking something of them that their young nervous systems are just not ready for. But but that's a separate thing. But still, you think of it more with children. And so I, from talking with you and, and some other people that I've talked to in the last few months, learning more about people who are finding out about this as they get older. And I guess maybe let's back up if you don't mind. We assume everybody knows what these acronyms mean, but for for that maybe rare listener who hasn't heard of ADD or ADHD, can you, you know, tell what that stands for and kind of what it means? Sure. I can give them the basic Wikipedia definition sure. that it's um it stands for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And I guess that's I guess that's what everybody calls it now ADHD, mm-hmm. although it used to be either ADD or ADHD and I more associate with the ADD part of it. Mm-hmm. I guess because I, I wish I had the energy of a five-year-old boy, honestly. <laughs> Don't we <laughs> if, all? <laughs> I, I watch my four-year-old girl running around, and I'm like, how how do you have this much energy? <laughs> Don't you understand how great naps are? Yeah. Do you really not get that? <laughs> and so the symptoms that you had, um, just to sort of yeah. reiterate, that you didn't, you hadn't put a label on it, but the things you were struggling with were what? It was a lot of it had to do with anxiety and it wasn't lack of focus, but it was having trouble staying focused on something or even starting to focus on something. And it's it's funny. This is a productivity thing as well is I would never want to complete anything or start a task. But as soon as I would start that task, I was fine and I could do it from start to finish. But starting that task was just, it was always hard for me. It was trouble paying attention. And there were some impulsive behaviors like acting without thinking or much more when I was younger. You know, you kind of learn as you get older from experiences not to do things impulsively. But once I went through the assessment, it started to all come together like, oh, yeah, that that's what I went through as a kid. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and so having learned that about yourself and um, kind of putting it in the context of the the various roles that you play in life and the commitments that you've made and the family that you want to care for and all those things. Are there any particular tools that you use or the resources that you like or recommend for for being productive in general, for managing your time, managing your attention, given the things that you're dealing with specifically, or just in general, the tools and resources that you use to get the things done that you care about? On top of the weekly docket I talked about, 
one of the things I didn't even realize it was a technique until I was listening to your show. It was the Pomodoro technique that you've talked about where I set a timer for 25 minutes, which I don't know the science behind 25, but in my head, I'm like, well, it's not a half hour, which is a huge chunk of time, but it's also not 15 minutes where I feel like I can't get anything done. So something about 25 minutes is just the perfect amount of time where I know I can be productive and at least cross one or two things off my to-do list. So I set that timer and I work nonstop. And I honestly use it for everything from tasks at work to cleaning or catching up on social media for my podcast or emails or it's amazing how well just asking Siri to set that timer and having it go off and say, you know what, this is all I'm going to be doing. I'm not going to be distracted by anything else until that timer goes off. And once that timer goes off, I can do whatever I want. I can reward myself by sitting on the couch and playing on my phone or (laughs) looking out the window something like that. You know, and it's so interesting as I'm I'm listening to you talk about that. I'm realizing that I um I recorded another episode of the show for uh, for an upcoming episode, and I can't remember if it's going to be before or after yours, but it's about paying attention. But it specifically is not about um, uh, you know, ADHD or anything like that. But just in general, uh, a lot of us have trouble with staying focused and stay and paying attention. Uh, and so that whole episode is about that. But some of what I had, you know, as I did my research and thought about it, it was that very idea of giving yourself those little rewards, right? You know, giving yourself something to look forward to and to sort of work toward besides just the satisfaction of having crossed something off your list. But you know, we, I think we as women expect too much of ourselves sometimes and are too hard on ourselves and maybe are willing to celebrate something that we think is huge and big, a big milestone, but not those little accomplishments of just staying on task for a while. Right. And at the end of those 25 minutes, I can actually look back and it's usually enough time to see a noticeable difference. Like if I decide to clean for 25 minutes, I'm going to notice I've probably done the dishes and my sink is clean and my oven's been cleaned and I can look at my kitchen and have a finished result rather than, I don't know, five minutes clearing the table and thinking, well, all right, it's just going to get messy again in half an hour. So, (laughs) yeah. Very cool. You've talked a little bit about your, um, I I love your idea of your, um, what do you call it? Your daily my weekly docket. Weekly docket. That's, yeah. Yeah, I love it a lot. I actually got the idea from Tish Oxenreiter, who writes for the site, theartofsimple.net. And she has a similar daily docket. And I used to try to use that, but just filling it out in the beginning of the day and having 10 things on a to-do list <laughs> for the day just overwhelmed me already. I was like, nope, nope, I, I can't do any of this. I'm just going to stare at this and curl up in a ball on the couch and take a nap instead. (laughs) That sounds like a much better thing. But just to have something for the week, especially just one part of it that has the must, the things I absolutely have to do that week, like I have to go to the bank, I have to go shopping, I have to do the laundry. If I don't do the laundry, I won't have 
yoga pants, which will be my reward at the end of Friday. And, <laughs> you know, we, we got to get our rewards where we can find them, right? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all about knowing what our priorities are and the clean yoga pants. That's a big one. Yep. In my day job at the, at the office, I have to dress up all week, except that uh, this firm that I'm at now, they have jeans Fridays. So I get to wear jeans to, to the office on Fridays if I don't, you know, have client meetings or anything. And it's like, I'm waiting all week for that day. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy when you're waiting all week just to wear jeans, which are <laughs> also a little constricting when you think about it, but not as constricting as business wear, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Things, those sorts of things are very definitely just rel uh, relative. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention is the fact when I am working and there is noise around me, like office noise, I'm fine with either a lot of noise or no noise at all. I can't have just one random conversation going on in the middle of nothing. So I always have to drown it out with either you've mentioned focus at will, which is really great. I also like the website, a soft com, and they have an app for Androids, but this is just ambient noise, which it's not necessarily white noise. You can adjust different background sounds like they have crickets and rain and birds and campfire, which is my favorite. I love just listening to the crackle and each of the noises have little volume adjusters on the bottom that you can adjust to what you want so you can get just the right ambient noise going mm. on. So at work, I have one which will drown out my coworkers' conversations. And at home, I have another that I just like to put on just so there's noise in the house, but not necessarily a TV show that might distract me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. But I really like that website a lot. Well, that's very and cool. there will be links to that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll make sure that that happens <laughs> between the two of us. Um, exactly. I think that's great. That Yeah, I haven't heard of that one before. I, I use Focus at Will all the time. And one of the things I like about it is it has, they have different, I think they call them playlists mm -hmm. for different mind types and you know yeah. for and for they say that of the playlists are designed for people who have ADHD be, they're a little more active to sort of engage that part of their brain and keep it occupied so they can focus on uh, their work and it's funny I put that on and I can really only put that on if I'm up and walking around and doing stuff around the house if I'm trying to sit and edit something where I kind of need to go a little slower. Mm -hmm. I, I can't have that one on at all. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> rush funny. through it way too quickly. And I get worried, like, did I did I miss something? How did I go from page 50 to 100 in five minutes? That's not good. So <laughs> that can't be works. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I think what I'm getting from talking with you about this is just sort of reaffirmation of what I believe anyway, is that we're all individuals. And we you can't really categorize anybody and say, um, this tool will work for you because you're this kind of person. We all have to sort of experiment with different things and find what works for us. And then when we find it, just stick with it and not, not be jumping to the next thing that somebody else says is going to be even better. Because, you know, if, if it works, then go for it. And if, if what you're doing doesn't work, then there are lots of options and different ways of adjusting your approach and the tools you use in the system to work for you. Right. And the thing is, I've 
looked at a lot of productivity blogs and listened to a lot of podcasts. And as soon as it gets to prescriptive, like here is the exact formula you need, I know it'll turn me off and and I won't be able to do it and I won't find the time. So something like your podcast where you talk to different people and you find different techniques from all over and you make you, you make suggestions for people to see what works for them, that absolutely resonates with me and I'm sure other listeners as well. Well, that's the hope. I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself an expert by any stretch. I just, uh, to me, one of the fun things about doing this podcast has been talking to a lot of different people and reading a lot of different books and articles and things and finding different, uh, different approaches. Because I just, I really do believe everybody, everyone is unique. Everyone is an individual, and we all. Uh, we all need to find our own way, but we can sort of share ideas. And for me, hearing, you know, what works for you, I can maybe take something from that. Like, I'm kind of fixating on your, your weekly docket, because I just think that's a a, a really cool idea. And you you showed me a, a picture, I think, of one of them. And I thought, very cool approach to getting things kind of visually where you can look at it all and feel like it's contained. I know. And you got to see it at the end of the week when I had stuff crossed off where as Monday comes, it's just like filled up again. And by Wednesday or Thursday, I'm already putting things on there that I've already done just to get that feeling of crossing something (laughs) off. (laughs) Uh, I've done that. I've been guilty of that more than once, whether it's with a paper tool or, or a digital one. There's just something so satisfying about, you know, checking that box or crossing that thing off. And did you mention that you would maybe share your weekly docket with listeners? Absolutely. Stick stick a link to that in the show notes so they can check it out. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, I always, I I love to ask every guest one particular question because I learned something from everybody. And so the question, of course, is do you ever have a day when everything, when it all gets away from you or you get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if you do, what do you do to get back on track? This is also my favorite question when you ask everybody this, because absolutely, of course, I think we all have these days. And for a long time when I was going through a divorce and I was a new mom, it was like that almost every single day for me. And my daughter is almost five now. And I remember the first few years where it's just no matter how many books you've read, no matter how many blog posts you've read, it's so hard every single day to listen to people talk about how great their kids are, read blogs from moms and see posts on Facebook that paints perfect pictures that you can't help but compare yourself to. Mm. And it took a long time for me to get out of that mindset. And it felt like I was barely keeping my head above water. But one thing I noticed was I really have to give myself grace Mm. on a lot of days to just say, you know what? Tomorrow's going to be better. And if I can't focus on something I absolutely have to do, or I have a deadline that I need to hit, or I'm frustrated with a project, I have to step away and do something else that's productive, maybe. And a lot of times, it's actually something like cleaning my desk, or picking up the living room, or doing a load of laundry or some dishes. It's There's something about making the area that I'm working in cleaner that puts me into more of a mood to do the thing I'm actually supposed to be doing, just mm. setting up my environment for it. I almost wish that I was 
an angrier person because that's when I clean the best. My house would probably be more <laughs> spotless if I, if I had as much anger as other people, but no. <laughs> Well, this is nice and messy, which means I'm happy. <laughs> well, you know, and, and there is something to be said for when you feel like life is out of control or you're not able to sort of get your arms around a project you need to do or whatever. There's something to be said for what you just described, the cleaning your desk or doing something. It's like you're exerting a little bit of control over your environment. Right. At a time when maybe it feels like things are completely out of control. I can't fix this problem. I can't fix that relationship. I can't, you know, whatever, but I can tidy up this counter here. Yep. And absolutely. You know, there's, there's definitely something to be said for that. Well, so what's coming up for you? What's on your horizon? I know you've got, we haven't told them what your podcast is about. <laughs> I know you've got a lot of things going on with that. Tell us a little bit about the classy little podcast, what it's about and, and what's you know on the horizon there. Well, the podcast is my friend James and I, and every week we pick a different topic and we find out the history, little fun stories, trivia, anecdotes about that one topic. And then we bring our information together and talk about it over a bottle of wine and some cheese, which we would actually do anyway. And we just decided, hey, we both listen to podcasts. Let's get some microphones and start one. And it was one of those things we realized we both love just learning random trivia. And I mean, I work for a puzzle company, so I'm looking up trivia all the time and <laughs> I get sucked into Wikipedia holes like crazy. <laughs> so we just ended up making a podcast about it and we're having a lot of fun with it. And then I had to learn about podcasting, which is how I met you. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what we're doing with that. And we're just hoping that, I don't know, we can find more topics to talk about and expand, I guess. Well, and I know you're real, you're very active. I see you all the time on Twitter uh, mm -hmm. and uh talking about both your podcast stuff and just interacting with people, where can people connect with you online if they want to learn more about you or about your podcast or, you know, just say, hey, um, how, do they, how, how would folks find you? Sure. They can find me on Twitter at classy underscore podcast and on our website, classylittlepodcast.com. And we're on Facebook and those links will be in the show notes. <laughs> Very good. And I know you like interacting with people. You're a pretty social kind of person. I, I've certainly enjoyed getting to know you. I always want to give you a chance to um, cap things off. And so I'd ask if, if do you have any, any last words for the listener who might be looking for help in getting things done and, and making a life that matters? I think what we've pretty much talked about through the whole show of finding something that works for you is the most important. If you think there's one book out there or one method out there that's going to change your entire life, I mean, you can try it, but most likely you're going to have to go to a few different things and grab what you want from those and what works for you and kind of mash them all together. And be okay with that. Right, exactly. Yeah. And definitely allow yourself the grace to learn all the time. And if you make mistakes, don't beat yourself up about them. Yeah, because we all do, don't we? Mm. Thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with me today. Of course.
I really appreciate Emily taking the time to share with us her thoughts on how she manages a very busy life and the challenges that she deals with and for her really good suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Emily? Is there anything she said that you found really, that just really resonated with you? We'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to ask your questions or share your thoughts. I love hearing from you and I know Emily would enjoy that as well. There are a couple of ways you can do that. If you want to share your thoughts publicly, you can do that by going to the comment section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 80, or you can go to the Productive Woman's Facebook page and just share a post there and we'll be sure to watch for that. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can always leave a voice message on the website or on the Facebook page. If you like the show, if you think it's worthwhile, and if you'd like to maybe give back a little bit, I'd appreciate that a lot. There are a couple ways you can do that. First of all, tell a friend. If you're getting some value out of the show, there may be someone else you know, woman or man, who could also enjoy it and and benefit from it. So tell them about it. Show them how to subscribe and become part of the conversation. Also, as always, I would appreciate it if you'd consider leaving a review of The Productive Woman in iTunes or on Stitcher. There are links for where you can do that right there in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 80. So you can do that there. I'd like to say thank you to a couple of people who have left reviews in iTunes just recently. Uh, One of them is goes by a new me to be, and this is from the USA, Uh, who said, I was looking for another podcast to add to my elliptical listening lineup and ran across your podcast through another Noodle Mix podcast. I really enjoy your material. So thank you, a new me to be. I appreciate that. Uh, Another great review that we got recently, this is from Why Lime, Why Not, also from the United States, who says, Laura's podcast is very different from many other productivity podcasts in that she doesn't just tell the audience there's only one way to be productive. Her suggestions are well-researched, her guests are always informative, and I learn something new and or find a new perspective every time I listen. Um, She said, he, she said some more things, so, but I really appreciate that. So thank you for that kind review. I also want to give a shout out to Ilaria from Italy, who uh, sent me an email through the contact form on the website. And Ilaria says, I'm doing a PhD in Sweden and your podcast is my faithful ally to help me out in this journey. I like the simplicity by which you explain productivity theories and tools, your openness to new ideas and approaches, and last but not least, your voice. I'm grateful to you for your help, Laura. Well, I am grateful to you, Ilaria, for listening and for letting me know that you're finding it helpful. So again, thank you so much for the reviews and for the emails. Love it. Love hearing from you and really appreciate it a lot. Just a reminder that if you have an event coming up, a women's group, a retreat, business team meeting, that I could maybe add some value by leading a discussion of productivity-related topics, how to make a life that matters, how to get more things done, or any of those sorts of things, I would love to do that. So reach out to me, give me a call or, or shoot me an email and uh, let's talk about how we can maybe make that work. You can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or you can give me a call at 
1-800-273-0308. And finally, remember to check out our sponsor by taking advantage of the free 30-day trial of Nosby Pro at nosby.com slash woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Emily. I hope you found something in this episode that is helpful to you, that encourages you as you're making your life that matters. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.